welcome to the Healthcare IT Today CIO podcast. I'm John Lynn, the founder and chief editor at Healthcare IT Today, and I'm excited to bring you the most practical healthcare CIO insights and perspectives. We know your job is challenging, and we want to help you be more successful. And today's guest, I think, is going to really help us at that goal. We're here with Laurie Sturgill. She's CIO at St. Francis Healthcare System. Welcome, Laurie. Welcome. Thank you. It's a privilege to be here today. Yeah, so I'm excited to dive in. I mean, you have such an amazing background, so (laughs) we want to talk about that. But before we dive into my questions, tell us a little bit about yourself and St. Francis Healthcare System. Certainly. Thank you. Well, it is my honor and privilege to serve as the Chief Information Officer at St. Francis Healthcare System in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Uh, I've been in healthcare my entire career, which is about 31 years, a little over. Uh, Early in my life is when I developed a passion for helping and making a difference in the lives of others, and that passion continues and brings me tremendous fulfillment in life today. Uh, I think in early stages of my healthcare career, I was exposed to IT, and that's when I was afforded an opportunity to assist with the design and build of a health insurance claim processing system. Um, This is where I discovered a new passion and added skills to my tool belt, and pretty much the rest of history as far as information systems is concerned. Uh, after that, I served in various roles at Mercy for almost 28 years, uh, one which was a vice president of information systems. Um, then I joined St. Francis here about three years ago. Um, St. Francis is a, a wonderful organization. It's uh, one that was founded by the Franciscan Sisters back in 1875, and it is a non faith-based organization. And St. Francis Healthcare System here in Cape Girardeau was actually established in um, 1954. We're a 306-bed hospital. Uh, We have 35 clinics, 480 providers, and approximately 2,800 colleagues. And it is here that we have the privilege to serve our community with their healthcare needs. Um, And we do that by offering compassionate care and innovative medical treatment. We're also a top 100 hospital, and we're an A-plus product facility, so we're really proud of those accomplishments that we've been able to achieve. Uh, here at St. Francis, so we are guided by our mission, which is to provide a ministry of healing, wellness, quality, and love, and it's inspired by our faith in Jesus Christ. So in that um, mission, we're able to serve over 700,000 people across Southeast Missouri, Arkansas, Kentucky, Illinois, and Tennessee. Wow. No, that's awesome. I mean, you have such a background and uh, I love the mission of your organization. But I think that's one of the things that I found fascinating preparing for this is that you went from being a cardiac intensive care technician to now being CIO. How does one do that? Like, what advice do you have for people maybe, you know, that started where you did, right? You know, being a, a care provider and a technician and now to being CIO. Well, I think it's one of the things that, you know, um, even the, the goals that seem the farthest out of reach are always attainable, right? Uh, but really, it truly began for me before the cardiac intensive care unit. Uh, that's when I had my first opportunity as a paid employee in healthcare as a cardiac ICU technician. But it really began for me as a candy striper at age 14. That's when I was um, first at Mercy volunteering. And that is where I was exposed to re- really diverse elements of healthcare and areas of the hospital that I probably wouldn't have seen otherwise. Uh, for example, I was able to go to administration every time I was there volunteering. My job up there was to deliver the mail and the flowers. 
Uh, and that was one of my favorite places to go, um, besides maybe going to the nursery and getting yeah. to see all the babies. Uh, but for, from the first time I stepped foot in that executive suite, I had a dream to work there one day and a dream to be in administration. So I think um, fast-forwarding through my career, a lot of daydreaming about my future, a positive attitude, hard work, perseverance, and one, being open to change. Um, mm. I think I got to where I am because of that. Uh, change that each time afforded me opportunities to learn um, because you're never too uh, old, right, to continue to learn and to grow your knowledge bank. But I think that that helped me to grow personally and professionally uh, it made a difference, and it put me closer uh, each time to making my dreams become a reality. So I would never say no in my career to even the smallest of opportunities. I took baby steps. Um, I took on projects. I took on extra work, extra hours. I built relationships um, along the way. And I think that's what got me where I'm at today. Uh, each of those things taught me things, though, something new about healthcare, about IT, about people and relationships, and it exposed me to facets of learning that I otherwise um, may not have existed had I not taken that leap of faith to try something new in each step of my career. Those opportunities, I think, are what helped to define me um, in my career and personally and to help me achieve my dream. And uh, I think what I guess I was able to build, you know, very many uh, valuable relationships along the way. And so that would probably lead me to say you know, my biggest piece of advice to someone that wants to achieve that same dream uh-huh. is to build bridges. Don't, don't burn them. Um, mm. Build relationships and um, always take advantage of opportunities when they're presented to you. You may be like, oh, I can't take on one more thing. Uh, my <laughs> plate's already full. But there's always room for more if you uh, look for ways to maybe organize it better. Um, how can I make a difference? How can I contribute? And you'll see your dreams become a reality too one day, just like I have. So never stop dreaming. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I started in healthcare in high school as well. I, I, I was, I my, my first job in healthcare was cleaning a doctor's office one hour a day. I was terrible at it. <laughs> it didn't have quite the same impact on me as it did you. You had a much better job. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's amazing. We, we all end up back here, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's also interesting, you know, your comments about being open to opportunities. And I, and I love, you know, looking at your history. You started on Epic and working with Epic. It looked like back in around 2007, you know. So, I mean, that must have been a huge new opportunity and maybe even a scary opportunity. I don't know. You Maybe you can comment on that as well. But, you know, you must have seen the product really evolve since 2007. How would you describe that? Yeah. You know, it wasn't, I mean, I thought it was a tremendous opportunity. Um, I probably wasn't scared as much. Uh, Anybody that's been through Epic certifications, you know that those are, um, significantly arduous at yeah, trying to get through the, sure. the classes and the certifications, the projects, the tests, um, but it was a remarkable opportunity. Prior to that, I had been on IDX and helped build out that system as well. So okay. I knew what was ahead of me in regards to EPIC. Um, but as, as a whole, EPIC's a remarkable electronic health record. They're incredibly large. They have a full suite of integrated healthcare solutions, and they're one of the top EHRs, in fact, um, globally. And what I love about Epic 
um, is that it touches the lives of millions every year, and it continues to have, um, I think, collectively, as their leadership and all of their colleagues, they have a very curious mind, which I think has enabled them to evolve as healthcare evolves, and that's very important in this world that we're in today with technology really driving healthcare, because Epic never stops thinking and engaging, designing, developing. That's what keeps them on the cutting edge, right? So I think they've uh, added a, a lot to their suite of what they can offer. Uh, I've seen artificial intelligence come through, uh, telehealth, population health, nursing triage, mobile applications. So interoperability is huge for them too. Uh, where very large health systems have potentially in the past had to leverage multiple instances of Epic, uh, they can now take part in a single instance and the result is better outcomes and continuity of care for the patients that they uh, provide that care to. They're now leveraging the cloud, right? Um, they can yeah. now share a patient's medical record between providers and organizations. So it's not just proprietary to just your hospital. Um, if you implement Epic each year, they continue to grow, they continue to evolve, and they continue to search for ways to partner with healthcare organizations globally improve the way that each organization can deliver the care, document the care, and ensure that it's quality care for the people that come to them in need. So uh, I think those would probably be some of the biggest things that I've seen change since 2007 when I first joined on with Epi. And that feels like the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is like, when Epic started, it wasn't supposed to do population health or patient engagement. Is that fair? I mean, it, it really was meant to do the billing and to do the clinical documentation. We later said, wait, can you be interoperable and can you engage patients? Has that kind of been your experience too of the evolution that we've, you know, it didn't start that way, but now we're demanding it to do a lot more? Right. Yeah. I think, like I said, Healthcare has changed, right? And the way yeah, that's true. I think the expectations of patients as our customers, those expectations have changed. So that drives us to change and find ways to be more efficient and um, be more convenient to them. Convenience is a huge factor in healthcare today. So it's, it's changed significantly from the time that I started in 1991 as that uh, ICU technician and the way that people expect the care and the way the care is delivered and the way that we can deliver it. That's a great point. You know, I think we, we think that when it was developed, it was developed with today's mindset, which just wasn't the case. So that's great. Well, let's shift yeah. gears a little and talk about, I mean, I think it's interesting. You mentioned you worked at Mercy previously, and now you're at St. Francis Healthcare System. And uh, you know, how is it different being at St. Francis compared to the larger organization? Yeah, I, I think that's reasonable to say Mercy is quite a bit larger. You know, how is it different working at this smaller organization versus the larger one? So, yes, it's different, right? Um, I think if you look at any organization, there's going to be differences and sure. there's going to be similarities. Um, the leadership style at a large organization like Mercy is different than St. Francis in a variety of ways, much because, you know, just because you have different leaders, so there's different styles. Um, but the stage that each organization is at um, in their growth, their strategy, issue resolution, opportunities, that's going to be different. Uh, each leader, uh, again, they, I think they bring their own unique style of leadership to the table, and they contribute in their own way. So that alone, I think, adds up to different leadership and the way that an organization is going to present itself. Um, but as healthcare 
evolved, so do the responses by leadership. So I think what is important is that leaders continue to grow and develop not only um, the soft skills, but their technical skills that are needed so that they can adapt to those changes that are being faced um, by a healthcare organization. And I think that um, healthcare leaders have to be able to identify and influence and foster what is um, what it is that will drive positive results for their organization. So while each organization is different, I think um, they do all of this very well but uniquely. And uh, I think one thing that was probably the same, though, is the overarching goal of the leadership hmm. of each organization, and that is to ensure that they have engaged physicians and engaged colleagues with a focus on providing quality patient care uh, with improved outcomes, and all of that being done at an affordable price. Uh, both organizations want to ensure that they meet the healthcare needs of their communities they serve. They're both nonprofits, they're both faith-based uh, organizations where, meet, where their leaders uh, start all of their meetings with prayer. And we pray with patients and families uh, in the hallways or the waiting rooms or patient rooms when it's needed or requested. So I really think that that aspect of more of the similarities is what drew me to both organizations as a leader. Uh, so the level of similarities, again, is probably greater than the level of differences. Yeah, that's great. So what do you see as some of your biggest challenges or, you know, or your biggest challenge today? And, and, and how are you approaching it? I, I would say, how are you solving it? But if it's a challenge, you're probably still trying to figure it out. So how are you approaching the challenges you face? You know, we have a lot of irons in the fire. Um, I, I prefer to think of them as opportunities, not okay. challenges. Um, you're glass half full. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I try to, to tell my team is, you know, we don't have a challenge. We have an opportunity here, an opportunity to improve, an opportunity to do something new, to unveil something that hasn't been exposed to this region or this area of healthcare, right? So uh -huh. in any organization, there are opportunities, I think, every day. And we have to look for them, and we have to strategically approach them to ensure that we mitigate risk, uh, improve outcomes, encourage growth, and make decisions that are going to help to sustain us into perpetuity. Uh, and that's been a little difficult, right, in the last year with COVID and all of the um, out-of-the-norm things that we've had faced with us here in healthcare. Um, but we're starting to learn how to overcome some of those challenges or opportunities related to COVID. Uh, we're learning how to work through it instead of around it and how to manage that more effectively. And I think in IT, we're learning to do the same thing, uh, continuing to support our healthcare organization as um, an entity of that. And I feel that we don't, I feel that we have one opportunity that, um, or we don't have one opportunity that would maybe necessarily trump another one because anyone that comes to us with a need or a request, that's important to them. So they're mm -hmm. all important to some degree to all departments or to all um, of the stakeholders. So what we have to do is to be able to pause and ensure that we are prioritizing them appropriately. So um, I'll take all of those opportunities or requests or challenges and we sit down and review those. And if we can't um, come up with what we think is going to be the most driving or the most impacting or the highest priority, then I will sit down with my um, fellow executives and then we will prioritize them accordingly for those that are impacted. 
is some of the things we have uh, right now that are probably overarching that is archiving our legacy EHR system. That's a, a huge risk, right? Uh, we're trying to get everything into one location so it's easier for our health information management. Um, we're looking at, you know, as every healthcare organization, mitigating cybersecurity risks. Yeah, Cyber, uh, Software and application upgrades come along with that. Uh, patches, um, telehealth, population health, digital health, um, and access. We're, we're on a big project for access as some of our strategic initiatives here in this organization. So IT plays a, a huge part in that. Um, one of our uh, larger projects we are working on right now is upgrading all of our ERP systems. So that's a huge undertaking, yeah. a large property on our plate. But um, and I think staying ahead of the curve is a new opportunity every day in IT. Yeah. I think people don't understand how much operational overhead there is, right, with just updates and things like that. Uh, and, and, you know, the prioritization is such a great comment. I, I think of my my CMIO friend who uh, they implemented Epic and he's like, I have 5,000 tickets. He's like, how do I prioritize them? And some of those tickets are a six month project and some of them are a 15 minute fix. And how do I do it? It's, it's a challenging, you know, how do you prioritize is a really uh, hard question to answer, right? Right, right. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I, I want to thank uh, HCP for, you know, connecting me with you for this one. And you're an advisory board member with HCP who puts on these great events where they bring a bunch of CIO peers together for their event and, and be able to connect with each other. So, you know, kind of in, in honor of that, you know, what are some examples of the value you've gotten from connecting with your CIO peers? Sure. HCP or Health Connect Partners, uh, they're just a phenomenal organization that has afforded me the opportunity to be able to collaborate and leverage the ability to connect with like leaders in the industry with similar opportunities and goals and questions. Uh, so being able to bounce questions off of each other, uh, support each other, especially during COVID, uh, I've had that opportunity to talk to some of the CIOs that I've met through HCP, uh, as well as vendors. There are a lot of the suppliers and vendors that participate in that conference as well. So having those connections and like, hey, I have this this um, this need right now. I'm trying to figure out how best to meet it. You know, what are some of the experiences that you've had? So that has really, really built, um, been able to um, help me to further myself as a CIO to, to just see beyond the lens of St. Francis and experience what others are doing, maybe their best practices, what are the lessons learned. Um, but beyond that, um, we've been able to build friendships for a lifetime. It's not just mm. a short stint of career. Um, I think it's, it's some friendships that I could easily see going beyond my career, um, staying in touch and seeing how each other is doing, what's, what's going on in life, because we share more than just um, from a professional side in some regards. Nice. I think you'll find that, um, you know, I think you would find that with probably pretty much anybody that's attending some of those conferences is that if you take the time to uh, not only gain the insight from the educational sessions and the keynote speakers, but pause to take advantage of those opportunities that they afford you at the conferences to build those relationships and uh, have a cup of coffee with someone else from another organization, get to know them, uh, that you'll, you'll have a lot of value come from that and you'll have a friend for life. Yeah. 
I love it as well. <clears throat> so as we wrap up, uh, kind of, you know, last question is, what's the best advice you've ever been given that's helped you in your job? Um, I, I think about that often, and I always go back to one person. And what she told me is never give up because the best is yet to come. And uh. she started that. Uh, it was a conversation we had because, you know, how you kind of get those low moments in life and sure. uh, you don't know what to do or which way to go. That was how she started her conversation with me. And then she ended it by telling me that every day is a choice and choose to make it great. Yeah. I love it. That's a really great message. And uh, I want to thank you so much for taking part in the CIO podcast here at Healthcare IT Today. And thanks everyone for listening. If you, if you want to find more great healthcare IT content like this and the rest of the episodes in the podcast, you can check it out at healthcareittoday.com. Thanks, Lori. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.